Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Let me start with a shocking development. This just in. Shocking development. A Thursday night football game that did not suck. In fact, that game was actually pretty entertaining. Believe it or not, the Cowboys actually beat a winning team. Remember, they came into last night's game. All three of their losses were against winning teams. They had not beaten a winning team. So last night, they actually beat a winning team. Sort of. Not really. Actually, not at all. Because the Seahawks are not a winning team anymore. Not after that. Now they're 6-6. Six and six. So, I want to be very clear about this, Cowboy Honks. When everybody demands to know once again who you have beaten, don't be coming around here and screaming, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, we beat the Hawks. Miss me with that bullcrap. Just because they're the best team you've beaten doesn't make it a good win. You follow me on that logic? Just because they're the best team you've beaten does not make that a good win. Are you following me, camera guy? Thank you, Alvin. Exactly. Are you following me, camera guy? I'm going to say it one more time. Just because they're the best team you've beaten does not make that a good win. And it sure as hell does not stamp you as a Super Bowl contender when Seattle is not contending for Jack. So, Cowboy Honk, stop acting like you just beat Frisco or Philly or the Chiefs, or anybody who actually does matter. You beat the gum assassin and the Hawks. And as far as I'm concerned, considering you couldn't even cover at home, it doesn't even feel like a win to me, especially since the Hawks gashed that allegedly vaunted defense of yours that you're always flaunting and flexing. Yes, the game was entertaining. But playing like that is not going to be enough to beat anybody who matters in the postseason. Just so we're very clear about that, Honks. Because anybody who matters isn't just going to conveniently forget about or ignore number 11 running free at the quarterback on the last play and most important play of that game. More on that in a second because that really did happen. What I'm really saying is, take the wind, Alice. Go ahead. Just keep moving and keep your mouth shut because you're the only ones who are impressed and think that you actually sent a message because you didn't. What, you still have a problem with that? You've got a problem with that, honks, or you don't understand what I'm saying. You need me to break that down further. All right, not a problem. Not to take anything away from Dak Prescott and big Mike McCarthy and his big fat offense. The offense is not anybody's issue in Dallas right now. It's that alleged championship defense that's on a milk carton. It's that alleged championship defense that got carved last night. Carved by a Seahawks offense that had been struggling and hadn't done jack in weeks. We all just watched this Seattle offense get punked by the Niners on Thanksgiving. Last night, Seattle was the one doing the punking on that allegedly vaunted Dallas defense. In effect, they did whatever the hell they wanted, at least until the end of the game. At least until the Seahawks had not one but two chances in the last five minutes to go down the field and put it in the end zone and walk out of geriatric world with a dub. And couldn't do it. Couldn't do it even though they got an early Christmas gift from the big fella who gift-wrapped them a perfect setup for a two-minute drill to take that lead. And... 
The Seahawks took that gift, and they decided to give one right back by not blocking, of all people, Micah freaking Parsons. It's not like the game was or the play was important or anything, right? Look, I understand that the gum murderer, Peter Carroll, has forgotten more football than I will ever know, which is why I'm surprised I actually have some pretty major advice for him this morning. Hey, Peter, wild idea, crazy thought, but you might want to put somebody in front of number 11. You might want to try to block number 11 on every play. But in fact, you know what? You might put two guys in front of number 11. But especially on the most important play of the game, what you don't want to do is let Micah Parsons have a free sprint on your quarterback with the game on the line. That's never going to go well. Just trying to help out, gum assassin. You're welcome. Next pack of bubble yum that you're looking to murder is on me. You're welcome. Because I'm that kind of guy. Clearly, you needed to hear that very obvious advice because letting Micah run free on that play was not some sort of protection breakdown or mix-up or misunderstanding at the line of scrimmage or lack of communication or anything like that. Apparently, not blocking Micah Parsons on that critical play was by design. I know this. Because Geno Smith said as much after the game. You know, it is design. That was uh, he had the squeeze right tackle, had the squeeze right there versus zero. Um, so he did the right thing. Micah coming free, uh, we knew that would possibly happen. Uh, tried to get the ball around him, uh, and just wasn't able to. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> Micah coming free, we knew that could possibly happen. You don't have anybody blocking Michael Parsons, and you thought that it was possible that he might come free. So in other words, that was not a miscommunication or a breakdown of any sort. That was a designed play. If that play was by design, that is the most poorly designed play in the history of the sport. Maybe any sport. Because not laying a single finger on Michael Parsons on the most important play of the game is never doing the right thing. And the dumbest thing ever, not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line with the Super Bowl on the line. Can't believe how stupid that is. Even Micah, it's about all that action. It's about that action, boss. (laughs) Even Micah had to be looking around like, what is this? The hell is going on? What is this? The sissy challenge? Nobody wants to block me on the last play of the game? Really? This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge. Wow. Big Mike McCarthy got a big fat gift right there. Because there were going to be big fat problems for big fat Mike if he botched clock management again. If his botched clock management lets yet another loss, can you imagine how fat his problems would be? And it nearly did. Man, that would have sucked for the big fella. You know, because the fact of the matter is, and again, I'm fair like this. I'm objective like this. The big fella called a pretty nice game. You see, I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. Dallas did have some positive things happen last night. They did some positive things last night. Just not nearly enough to get me to stamp them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Because... If they have to work that hard to beat a Hawks team that just got annihilated by an actual Super Bowl contender, 
and you have that much trouble with that team in your own house, then you're not elite. All you have is a win over a now 6-6 six and six team. So you've got that going for you, which means absolutely nothing. Again, I'm not here to hate. I'll give you an example. Did I or did I not give credit to Dak yesterday Ooh, during Big Head Bets? Did I or did I not say that Dak was the hottest quarterback in the league? Did I or did I not say that before the game? Did I or did I not say that Dak was playing some of the best ball of his life? I did. I said all of that before the game, and then he went out last night and did not disappoint. In fact, he established himself as a legit MVP candidate. So we all know that Dak has his critics and his haters and his doubters. And by the way, he should. He should. It's valid. That's part of being that guy on that team with that contract and his lack of wins when it matters. It's, it's fair. It is. Dak just wants to make you aware of the fact that he doesn't care what y'all think. He doesn't care what y'all think of him, and especially he doesn't care what y'all think of him right now. I understand nobody's opinion defines me, and um, that, that's the great part about life, and that's the great opportunity that we all have, that people can say whatever they want. But, but you know, I have the pen, I have the paper, and I'm the one writing. So um, because I'm playing as well as I am now doesn't mean that I'm going to stop, doesn't mean I'm going to listen to him now. Uh, appreciate them, but I don't care about their opinions right now any more than I did when they said that, you know, when they're, when they're calling for my spot. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time, don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Damn, Dak. Defiant much? Hey, man, I get it. He's taking some heat. And wherever you can get your fuel. Hey, let me ask you this. Did Geno Smith write that for you? Because it sure seems like a variation of his famous clapback against his haters and non-believers. Dak said, quote, People can say whatever they want, but I have the pen. I have the paper. I'm the one writing. That was like a much more coherent eloquent version of Gino saying they wrote me off but I ain't right back they wrote me off I ain't right back though except Dak's version made a little more sense so again no the win does not make Dallas elite but at least I didn't want to get a spoon and gouge my own eyes out after seeing through that game pretty entertaining game in that there was not a single punt in the entire game so no punts but an absolute buttload of penalties, laundry everywhere, stoppages constantly, 19 penalties in this game for a total of 257 yards. Because we all know that everybody tuned in last night not to see Dak, 
not to see Geno, not to see Metcalf, but rather to see Cleet Blakeman. The speed-talking gum assassin rarely speaks for all of us because generally nobody can even keep up with what he's saying when he is speed-talking and murdering gum. But I think we can all agree with the Bubble Yum Slayer's rant after the game last night. It's unfortunate that the game is, you know, it feels like there was a whole other factor in this game. I don't know. You guys saw a lot better than I did, but um, there's just way too many penalties in this game. And we got that for both sides. We got to get out of that, that kind of football. And I had a conversation with, with their guys, you know, tonight about that, that I just don't see the way this is going and it's going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, we're all waiting to see, is, there, is it a call? I mean, that's what we're waiting for. See, did the official make a call here? Oh, he didn't call it. Oh, he did call it. And uh, there's, there's, there's latitude that we need to give these guys. They know the game. They, they know how to make these calls, but they, don't have, they can't call everything that, when there's a little this is into that, and particularly when it doesn't f- affect the play. I so badly want to say, hey, old man, stop making excuses. Look up at the scoreboard. But I can't. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point, right? He's got a point. I just prefer the way my dude Al Michaels chose to make that point. Because Al did so in a way that was much more entertaining and way more surgical. What is that you say? Is that the third or fourth? Yeah, fourth. Yeah. Drawing this corner. Yeah, this corner. We're going to take the rest of the night off of the Cleek Blakeman call of the game. You buying? Sure. Damn, Al. Somebody pull Al off Cleet. <laughs> that was awesome. He's so right, too. It's like Blakeman was trying to hog the mic. Blakeman was trying to rip the mic out of Al's hands. Yo, Cleet, stay out of Al's way, and you'll avoid catching devastating Al strays. Pretty simple, Cleet. Less of you, more of Al. We're going to take the rest of the night off of the Cleet Blakeman call of the game. Hey, Cowboy fan. I can't take that dub from you, but you can stop telling me it makes you legitimate title contenders because it doesn't. You have no right to talk any junk. You beat a team that's now 6-6. Six and six. Now, if you want to talk your junk, do it after you handle the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions, who are still coming up on your schedule. I'm not done yet. If we're passing out kudos... You check out DK Metcalf's line. Six receptions, 134 yards, three touchdowns. You cannot put that loss on him. This dude balled the hell out. Best part of that, too, was him busting out sign language after his long TD on Bland. Smith fires over the middle. Great grab by Metcalf out in front, and he will go all the way for a touchdown. 73 yards. Well, if you look at him after he scored that first touchdown, he's saying in sign language, standing on business. That's slang for taking care of your responsibilities, which was exactly what he was focused on this week. He's actually been challenging himself to learn sign language. He took a course in college, and now he's seven classes into a new program. He says it's a way to get his mind off of football. It also comes in handy on the field. It's actually pretty awesome. I love that. The guy learns sign language so he could talk trash and not get fined for taunting. That is incredible. He signed out standing on business. I love that. I kind of wish I could do that here. I wish I could do that here so I would not get in trouble or fined or taken off the air. You know, like whenever you call 
and your call is truly horrible, I could just sign, that sucked. Like, as an example, as an example, think of a really bad caller, I don't know, most of you. I could just be like this. And, and people would be like, what's he doing, man? Is there something on his nose? No, I'm just signing that you sucked. You know, maybe something like, I, I could learn to sign, your tweets make me want to tear my eyes out. Leave me alone, Wells. I think I know that one already. Did you see that on TV? I just did that. That was for you, Wells. Uh, I learned to sign that. I've taken a few classes myself. That's actually pretty awesome. It would save a ton of time. It doesn't play as well on radio, which is why you want to watch Simulcast. More importantly, you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I don't know why I always forget to tell you about that. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Jim Rome YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. There's a lot of really good stuff on it. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? We are joined by Michael Pittman Jr. Michael, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing, Michael? Thank you. Thank you. Um, doing uh, great. Good. Great to have you. So let me ask you, it's always a good thing to have a three-game winning streak, but a great time to have it right now. What is the vibe like in your locker room, and does it feel like the team is starting to play some of its best ball as it starts to matter the most? Absolutely. Um I feel like November ball is when it like really counts, and uh, um, I feel like we've had a really good um, start, and and now we're getting into um, December now, so we're just looking to build off of that, and um, I would say that the confidence is um, pretty high, and like we're like feeling good about it. All right, so Michael, I don't think that it's any coincidence that the team's success has coincided with your increase in productivity. You currently have a streak of four straight games with at least eight receptions, which is the third longest streak of that kind in franchise history. How locked in do you feel personally, and what's it like to be in that much of a zone? Honestly, like I didn't even know about that stat or a streak um, until – Somebody told me about it, I think, yesterday, and I was like, I didn't even know that that was even a stat. So I don't really think too much about that. Um, like, I'm just trying to find whichever way that I can help us win, and uh, it seems like catching passes is uh, helping us do that. Michael Pittman, Jr., I figured you might say something like that. I think also you probably know about this streak, and maybe the answer is similar, maybe it's not, but 
on on top of that, you're now eight catches away from catching Marvin Harrison Sr. for most receptions by a Colts player in his first four seasons. Like, that that's a real thing. What's it going to mean to you? I get it. Team first. But what's it going to mean to you to be in the same company and mentioned in the same company as a Hall of Famer like Marvin? Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows Marv is, like, a great. And uh, just, just, like, just like whenever – whenever your name is said around like guys like that, I mean, like, it's just like a um, honor to even be brought up like in that type of company, you know? So like, it'll be uh, great. That'll be awesome. You know, it's amazing watching you guys. I'm really taken by this. I mean, injuries are a part of the game, but, and I get that. So is a next man up mentality. I get that. Not so easy to next man up the likes of Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. What's it say about your offense that even with those guys battling injuries and Anthony being down for the rest of the year, that this offense just keeps finding ways to win and get it done? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, first, I think that's credit to our uh, guys just, just showing that they prepare every single week and they are ready to go no matter what. And um, I also think it speaks to um, Shane's scheme. Um, how he's able to scheme up like his like weapons, no matter what. Um, and then just back to the players. I mean, it's just the individual work ethic of of guys who who don't who don't get discouraged because they're not the guy right now because they might get their chance to be that guy. And um, I mean, I think that you singled out two of them, which is um, Gardner and then uh, Zach. I mean. Both of those guys like have been huge, um, and and uh, I think that they play a very big part in um, in the success that um, we've had so far, and in the success that we'll have going forward. I love that point you just made. The guys don't get discouraged when they're not the guy right now, because it doesn't mean they won't be the guy at some point. They're just not the guy right now. I'm also glad that you mentioned Shane. Like I always ask guys about their head coaches, and it's not because I'm looking to check some box, but I'm really curious about what it takes to lead and motivate and coach up a locker room full of alphas. Man, that's a tough, tough gig. So what is it about Shane Steichen? Like he's done an amazing job in his first year. What's he like to play for, and then how has he been able to keep guys together and to buy in the way he has? Yeah, yeah, Shane, the best way to describe Shane like as a coach is I would say that he is a player's coach for sure. He takes care of his players, and then in turn, we take care of him because you don't want to lose guys like that. Obviously, like he does such a good job for us, so we want to give that back to him. Hey, give me an example. Like, how does a guy like that take care of you guys? Is it just a matter of not pushing you too much physically, not having you guys hit too much? Is it communicating with you? How does he take care of you guys? What do you mean by that? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing is he listens to us. So, like, um, if so, if like we tell him like, hey, like, like we need to pull back today because we just feel like our bodies aren't rested enough to go perform to peak and then and 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 like just like little stuff like that and like it really started in um training camp when as a group because we got a group of team leaders right so uh we like went to them and we're like hey like like we think that we need to pull this back a little bit like we got guys who are um like just their bodies are like fatigued and then like he like listened to that and like we made like uh and uh we made um changes and 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 
and like that, and then that, sorry, and then that type of thing showed us, hey, like like he's here for us, and um, it's really not like that everywhere. Huh. I think that makes sense. Like he's listening to us and not just listening, but actually implementing policy based on what we're saying. We're talking yeah. to Michael Pittman Jr. So this show, you probably know, is based in Southern California. I try to make sure that I rep the West Coast nationally. <laughs> you grew up in the L.A. area. You were a second team All-American at USC. I'm curious, how does the fact that tonight's Pac-12 championship game is going to be the last conference game, how does that hit you, man? It just seems so weird. What's that feel like to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, I just feel like the college season flies by so fast, and really I kind of stopped paying attention to it, like, once we kind of fell out of that conversation. Um, so, I don't like, I think it's Oregon and, uh, Oregon and uh, Washington who are battling for a uh, playoff spot. So, I mean, it, um, it's just good that we'll have a Pac-12 team in there. Um, unfortunately, it's not USC. But uh, they've had some uh, success and and some uh, struggles. So like I'm just proud of them that they like battled through that. Um, the offense is absolutely rolling. So uh, like that was great. Hey, dude, what about your team? You think that tough year, right? Tough, tough mm-hmm. year. That goes without saying. Seven and five. You think that Lincoln Riley is in it for the long haul in LA? Do you feel like that? And do you are you confident that he can get this thing back on track quickly? Absolutely. I mean, like. Anything takes time, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, he hasn't been there for uh, very long. He hasn't really got time to uh, time to recruit like his players. So, like, just like it's like it's so hard to take a team in one year from from. I mean, I don't want to say like bottom, but rebuilding takes time. So, um, I mean, I I'd say that they did pretty well, like in the two years like that, like. Uh, that they've been there so after his his second full year like I would say like hey like this is really his team now because he's had time to get those young players and now those players are now juniors so so like it's so like it's really hard for like a college coach to just come in like year one and two and just flip things around like it's going to take time because players have to like mature and you got to get guys in you got to get your like your guys so um and they got to get that uh, defense going again so so we'll uh see like what happens like in the future michael pittman jr is joining me got to get that defense going again listen one last thought because you spent your entire career with the colts you know the titans pretty well right they get after people defensively what stayed with you about that 23 to 16 win over tennessee in week five what are you expecting in the rematch on sunday yeah i mean you always expect them to come out um, hitting hard, and they're always um, they're always ready to play. And by that, like like they always have that like intensity, and it doesn't wear off. So we just have to match that, and uh, uh, just 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 try and find ways to uh, make plays. And if we do that, I think that we'll be uh, looking up on a Sunday, and uh, we'll be pretty happy about it. So. Colts are 6-5 and five, having another big year. Really good year in fact and Michael Pittman Jr. putting up huge numbers once again. Michael, appreciate you. Great to have you on the show, especially right before a game, dude. Thanks for doing that. Great talking to you. Alright, thank you, Jim. 
U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for for details. William in Foxborough. Hello, William. How are you? Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't think you were coming to me. I'm not with my script. Oh, geez. I'm sitting here trying to put together a game plan for Sunday that hopefully is going to let us score more than seven points this time. Seven freaking points. Can you believe that, Roman? We scored seven points against the four and eight New York Giants. I mean, what, do they have Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge? Was Bill Belichick running their defense? Oh, I mean, I just got beat by some rookie quarterback named Danny DeVito who still lives at home with his parents out in Long Island or something. Jesus Christ. I got my face beat in by 34 points by Dennis freaking Allen. Big Mike McCarthy did me by 35 points. Jesus Christ, I used to own guys like that. Then I got that other bum, Rex Ryan, making fun of me on TV every day. Me and Tommy used to own that clown on the regular in the AFC East. Jesus Christ. Then I got old. Ah. William, William. You don't like I mean, that's like, like that. five JCs too many. Not a very good call. I got the big head. It's Friday. So we're heading into the weekend with a big fat, big head bet segment. The head. James Kelly and I are still licking our wounds after Dallas failed to cover last night. Don't give a damn that they won. They didn't win us anything. Quick aside, head. Number one, this gambling game is hard, dog. Number two, folks can stop acting like that was some great win for Dallas because it wasn't. In fact, hear me out on this, head. They may have won, but they didn't cover at home against a 500 team. So let's just go ahead and consider that a loss. At least that's the way it feels to me. And no Cowboy fan, you still have not beaten anybody that matters. Your biggest win of the season was last night against a team that fell to 500. Entertaining game, I'll give you that, but not a game that staps you as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So miss me with that bull crap. Because while you did win, you got gashed by Seattle. A team that just got hammered by Frisco. A team that actually does matter. Speaking of Seattle, I don't know. Maybe you account for number 11 on the last play of that game and not let this guy just run freely into the backfield. Yeah, I know, Rome. We've heard you say that four times. Yeah, we're going to hear it a fifth time. The hell was that? The hell was any of this? How is this one sitting with you, Head? Only Big Mike could take what should be the best watch in football, you know, with a top-scoring offense and that defense and aggravate the hell out of you and then add the gambling aspect. They're so undisciplined. It is a hard watch. Horrible. Horrible. Dude, you love, you love you some Micah. I love me some Micah. He should have got a sack earlier in the game. He didn't. It was kind of garbage, but I love me some Micah. Explosive. Unbelievable. Just a... Do you do you love Micah because you love him as a player, or do you love Micah because he's yet somebody else who you think dunked on me? Full package. Both. I knew it. Being fair. Yeah. I knew it, yeah. First right. ballot, both. Unbelievable. He checks every box for you, doesn't he? He checks every box for me. Is he explosive? <laughs> Check. Check. Is he a future Hall of Famer? Check. Check. <laughs> Dunks on Jim. Did he dunk check. on Jim? Check, check. Yeah. I get it. 
All right, so what do you say <laughs> because we have five games that you could miss? Yes. We're going to get paid on. We get into this. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Why don't we start with one of my favorite topics, the Texans. Mm-hmm. Texans v. Denver. I like this matchup. It reminds me of Jason Avant. I like it a lot. Jason Avant, he is the man. Jason Avant has got great I like it. The Texans, one of the best stories in the league. And the single best jungle karma team there is right now. And the Broncos are hot. They have ripped off five straight. That is the NFL's longest current winning streak, if you can believe that. What is the latest number? What are you doing with this game, Head? I'll take the Texans and lay the three points that Ooh. it is right now on DraftKings. Yes, three points. It was 3-5 for a while, but it just dropped well, I was ooing that you are going to lay the points. I like that. Yes. I like that a lot. Here. Yes. You're a great man. You're like Jason Avon. Jason like Jason Alvin! Allen's on it. Go ahead, dude. Uh, Denver, you, they play great. Like you said, they've won five in a row, and the biggest reason is turnover margin. They've created 16 turnovers in those five games you talked about. They've given up only three uh, turnovers themselves. That's a plus 13 turnover margin. But the two things you have to like about Houston here is, one, they don't turn the football over, and, two, the strength of Houston's defense has been their ability to stop the run. That's what the Broncos do. They run the football good, but they do not throw well. They run it well, well dude. They run it well. Missed them both. Yeah. The hell is the matter with you? They don't. We've been throw doing the this for three years. Well. They run yeah. it well. They don't run it good. How about throw the ball? Well, not well, not well. They've dude, averaged 166 What is your yards. problem? I thought I fixed it for like a month, and then I forgot again. Below, not good. Yeah. Wow. Continue. Point being, during that five-game win streak, 166 yards Now, the yards point being is you keep game. butchering that. That You always do that, too. Whenever I correct you, you're like, anyway, anyway, right. point being. Rattling my brain. Trying to stop, stuff acting, stop acting like somehow I've done you wrong when you do the English language wrong every single time. People get used to it, though. Basic, nobody's used to it, dude. No? Basic kindergarten stuff you can't even handle. No, I can't, actually. First grade, I can't even handle either, yeah. Preschool, Yay. can't handle it. Yeah. You should choose box, James. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, 166 yards per game is my point. They're throwing through the air in that five-game win oh my streak. God, Only the Giants. Again. Your point. Yeah. <laughs> Only your the point, Giants dude. average fewer yards on the season. Than that's that just ignore me. Just keep going. It's better that way. Keep going right here. But uh, Sean Payton, he's turned that sack of potatoes into a game manager as he's putting up his lowest air yards per attempt of his career. And on the other side of the ball, Bobby Slowick is treating CJ like he's the $245 million quarterback. The true alpha, he is airing it out, and rightfully so. ATS, Houston has lost their last three ATS at home, but barely Mm. Texans minus three. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to play the... Karma angle right here. Straight jungle karma, baby. It has never, never once failed in the history of this show, nor is it going to fail right here either. There's that. And suddenly, you know what? You don't want to be an opponent walking into Energy Stadium as that house is getting more and more hostile. And so those fans are getting more and more hyped. And I mean that as a positive. Russet might be playing better, as you point out. He's more of a game manager right now, but mm-hmm. he's still not playing as well as C.J. Stroud. I'm expecting a big bounce well, back from the Texans after a tough loss last week. It's not just C.J. that I'm a big fan of. I like that team, team-wide. I like their coach. I love the genius that is GM Nick Casario. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lay the points. Houston, nice. minus three. All right, Rams v. Browns. 
pretty interesting game. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on paper, but from a gambling standpoint, I think it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can gather some paper off of this one. What's the number here? What are you going to do with this game? I'm going to ram it and lay the three and a half points right now because Los Angeles is favored Alan. here. Yes. Allen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Allen. Thank you, Cleveland's Alan. strength, as we know, is that defense, but it hasn't been talked about a lot nationally. The defense is actually a completely different unit on the road than it is at home. It's almost like Joe Woods sneaks back into the building to help these guys, you know, prep for their road games or something. <laughs> at home, they allow an NFL best 175.7 yards Joe per Woods, game. Dude. I, I do hate Joe Woods. Not personally, just as a coach. Yeah, it's never personal, dude. You just yeah. hate him. All right. Yes. On the road, that number is 334 yards per game. That's not quite a Trevor Price double it, but it's damn close. And the last you two weeks— You love Trevor Price, though. Love Trevor Price. I love Trevor. We love Trevor Price. The most underrated football players. Wasn't he? Double. Unbelievable. Yes, double. thank you, Trevor, right there. Love Trevor. Yes. He, he was, dude. He, how talented was that guy? Um, off the charts. Inside, outside. Versatile. A lot of people cannot do what Trevor Price did, but— they don't give him credit for it. Ask him. Usually. He'll tell you. Go ahead. Anyway, actually, Trevor does think that. Yeah. Uh, the last two weeks against the Broncos and Ash Stiller's offense, they've allowed 341 yards rushing combined. Also, the Rams ran for 228 yards last week in Kyron Williams' return. Now, L.A.'s defense is not good, but it looks like they might be going up against Joe Flacco. You know, Debbie's Man. husband who called the show back in the day. Flacco. I heard Martellus canceled, so I thought I'd give you a call. Dude, that's absolutely incredible. Joe Flacco. You know, not to be insulting, what jersey number do you wear? Joe Flacco, number five. Okay. What college did you go to? Delaware, Blue Hens. Okay. What is your wife's name? Deborah. Deborah? Well, I call her Debbie, but... <laughs> okay, well, really, because the rest of us call her Dana, but what... Ah! One of the greatest calls of all time. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And his family thinks he sucks, too. Um, so can we bet him? No way. Rams minus three and a half here. All right. So, dude, you sound hey! like you're getting a little aggravated with me today. So I'm going to let you do your thing. But let me just jump in here. You know, when some Ram fans mm-hmm. were tripping earlier this season and calling the show and puking all over themselves, saying it was time to move on from Sean McVay, mm-hmm. I said, number one, that was one of the worst takes of the year. Number two, if they did, and they won't. But if they did, it would take McVay like five seconds to get another job, either as a head coach or a talking head on TV. Mm-hmm. And number three, what are you looking at anyway? This guy's doing a hell of a job this year. Incredible. One of his best ever. Mm-hmm. They're playing hard. They're playing well. They still matter. And while Matthew Stafford cannot connect with his younger teammates, at least according to his wife, he is starting to connect once again with his wide receivers. They and like to him and Kyron like, Williams. Yes. She, she's funny. That's a really good soundbite. She is. Williams is a dude, man. Yes. The Browns are sinking fast. Ever since the creep went down, mm. they don't have anybody reliable under Got center. It. I will ride with you and the Rams and lay the points. Bucks v. Panthers head. Can't lie. Sort of an ass matchup. And by mm. sort of, I mean absolutely, completely. The Bucks were a nice little story until they weren't. They've lost six or seven. Who didn't see that coming? Mm. Who didn't see them come crashing back to earth? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Panthers who are, well, they're the Bucks' get-right game. They're everybody's get-right game. What is the number of this That's unwatchable right. game? How are you playing it? Yeah, I don't think it's a sort of an ass matchup. This is a straight-up Williams-gasser is what I would call it and why we need some action on it. I'm going to go with the Bucks and lay the five points here. Um, when they started the season 3-1, and one, they were dominating. She's not lonely. Thank you, Wendy. Appreciate it. I apologize. 
When they started, the Bucks started the season. They See, were three and one. See, I let that one. go. I, I didn't even criticize you for that. I let that go because it's accurate, right? No, because I'm tired of arguing with you, dude. And okay. you start to pout and bleep. So just do your show. Jim, Jim, uh, turnover battles big. They were three and one. They were dur- uh, dominating that. They have not been doing they were that. Dominating the, that. Uh, dominating that. In the <clears throat> six of seven games you mentioned, mentioned there. <laughs> the absolute dermination. The Terminator. But <laughs> dude, is there, what's funnier than Alvin buzzing you when you butcher words or make I words that, up? Actually. That is funny to me. <laughs> funny to me. But John Gruden, funny you find that right? Yeah, they could do that on Sunday against yeah. the Panthers. Is my point Ooh, because not only do the Panthers suck to a thousand sucks on offense, they do not take they away the football the on defense. Right, Rit. Thank you. Right there, they rank dead last in the NFL in doing such. And back to that ass offense of Carolina's Freaking in the last three games, right? Frank. Reich or Reich or whatever his name is, they averaged 136 yards passing per game. That's Chad Henney, Blaine Gabbert bad. Frank Let's Reich. ride with Baker um, in his red ass towards his team that uh, did not want him last year. And Carolina, 0-5-1 on the road, Bucks minus 5. Good ACS. point. Good point. Yes. I like that. Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one because, frankly, I'm not sure it deserves any time at all. As for the Panthers, maybe they get a little bump out of firing Frank, but they Frank are Reich. what they are, and what they are is ass. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they're 1-10, in 10, and it's not just because they took the wrong quarterback. Well, that and the fact that they've got almost no talent at all anywhere. Great. There. You fired your coach. How does that improve the talent that you already didn't have? Oh, and good luck getting a coach that matters, having to work in that environment. I'm sure somebody will take David Tepper's money, but whoever does will be there for one reason. Not to win, but to take David Tepper's money. I will take the bucks. I will lay the points. Not because they're world beaters, but because they are not the Panthers. All right, now I know you hate this, Head. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the job. Game of the mm-hmm. week. Yes. Obviously, your surrogate fam. The Niners going up against the team with the league's best record, Philly. A rematch of last year's NFC title game. Mm-hmm. I say you're, you're a surrogate fan because, well, the rat slash lobster Mike Shanahan is your godfather. Correct. Lobster Jr. is your foster brother. That's right. I know you love brother. and admire everything right. about those dudes. Yes. Which is why you forced your way into that family in the first place. Mm-hmm. And how incredible is this? I know this is why you want no part of this. Mm-hmm. Philly, with the best record in the league, is a home dog right. in the league's most hostile environment. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. What is the number now? What are you doing? I can't wait to hear what you're doing with this. The number is now San Francisco minus three on the road. I'm riding with the fam and laying the three points here. It was two and a half, but I will lay the three points. Now, there's no doubt Brock Purdy uh, getting hurt had an impact on San Francisco. Philly fan will find you and jam horse bleep sandals right down your esophagi. They might, too. They might, too. It would be fair if they did, if they could win this game, too. Okay. Um, Brock Purdy, right? Got a lot of, obviously, attention for not playing through the game, but uh, he didn't play defensive tackle last year, and those guys got dominated by the— Dominated. I like the way you corrected yourself before it happened again. I saw what you did there, dude. They were mauled in way the trenches. Adjust, way to adjust on the fly. Good job. Thank you. You bet. Here's the difference, I think, Sunday. The Eagles have lost Thank an you, ox you guard. Bet. And the fi- 49ers signed Philly's best de- defensive interior lineman in Javon Hargrave. I can't wait to see him, Young Bosa, and the boys battle in the trenches. Also, Philly's defense is not what they were a season ago. They gave up 
505 yards to Josh Allen and the Bills last week. Only Arizona and Josh Chicago Allen, is worse Jim. on third down all season. And they are the fourth worst team in the red zone defensively. Now, pressure is the only thing that can disrupt this 49ers offense. But Brock's back to playing like big clock Brock again. I think he exposes the Eagles linebackers with his weapons and Kyle's next level design in the passing game. ATS, Jalen Hurts, worst role is a home dog. He's two and four in his career. Hmm. Let's just embrace our inner perv, Jake Moody, and make your bleeping kicks dip bleep. San Francisco minus three. You know, that's a pretty good argument. And I get that you are what your record says you are. And I mm-hmm. get that Philadelphia is 10-1. and 1. I don't dispute that. I'm not sure how they're 10-1, and 1, but they're 10-1. and 1. And I mean no disrespect. Quite the opposite. Oftentimes, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look good. And yet, they find a way to get it done. Like Philly fan himself. They don't give a damn how it looks. Only that they get the job done. And they do virtually every single week. Credit for that. That said... I think that when Frisco is healthy, which is usually not the case, but when they are, they are the most complete team in the NFL. Ordinarily, there is no way that I don't take value and the points and Philly at home. Because when would that ever happen? When they go up against a team in San Francisco that is finally healthy. I feel like the Niners are getting healthy at the right time, setting up another big win or run. I'm riding with them. That is not a bet against Philly, Philly fan, as much as it is a bet for Frisco. Hate to do it, Head, but I'm riding with you again. Beautiful. Either you and I are going to have a really good weekend or a really bad weekend. Finally, (laughs) Jets v. Falcons. Mm -hmm. Actually, this one is more interesting than it would appear because I'd make the argument that Both these teams need this game pretty badly. I know there are only like five things in the world that you like, Head. Mm Mm-hmm. People dunking on me, mm-hmm. Rat Shanahan, mm-hmm. his son, Rat Jr., mm-hmm. and Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith. I love know him. you love that guy. Love him. Love With him. that said, what is the line? How are you playing it? The Falcons are favored by two points on the road. I'm taking the two and the loser of four straight, the J-E-T-S. Go ahead and play it, Alvin. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets is yeah. not hard to spell. I'm taking that team right there. A few things that uh, You're taking might the work Jets. Here. I'm taking the Jets, yes, and the plus two. The Atlanta defense has not been the same since Grady Jarrett was injured early against Tennessee a little over a month ago. Including that game, they've allowed an average of 141 yards per game rushing since then. Over entire season, that would be the second worst in the NFL. And while the Jets can't do much, they do average four and a half yards per rush. And yes, their line is garbage, but they might get two tackles back, and the Falcons don't get after the quarterback at all. Now, if Mopin Bob Sala can quit Mopin and get that defense uh, to handle that explosive this Falcons running coffee. game. That's a new like one. Run. I haven't heard you gloss him Mopin Bob Sala. He mopes, man. He's a moper now. He, you know, at first, he had that great energy, and all of a sudden, he's just um, moping all the damn time, don't you think? There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Yeah, I would say his body language is not great. It's not great I mean, the guy looks like he's, like, cut out of granite, but then, yeah, he's yeah. not wearing it well. He's just, he's I mean, he's wearing moper. it, but not well. Mopin Bob Sala. Okay, I got you. Okay, so quit MBS. moping and Tim Boyle. Um, don't play like Tim Boyle, you know, the man who threw 26 That's interceptions. That's asking a lot, though, right? It is. 26 interceptions to 12 touchdowns in college and four inter- uh, touchdowns to 11 interceptions in the NFL, so that's not good. I do like their chances against a 2-11 uh, and 11 on the road the past two seasons it, the Falcons are. 2-11. Jets plus 2. Jets plus 2. Jets plus 2. How about two. you? Yeah. So the Jets, to me, they come in on a four-game heater. 
except in this case, it's a reverse heater. Mm -hmm. I would love to know what Robert Saul has done with all those receipts that he said that he was keeping. There's probably not a warehouse in the world big enough to house all that paper. Sorry, I cannot back a Tim Boyle-led squad or a Coog Hunter-led squad or go against a squad that had a quarterback who appeared on this show like five seconds ago. No matter how much skill the Jets have and no matter how well their defense is playing, I'm going to go chalky little bleeper here. I'm going to roll with the ATL. I'm going to roll with Desmond Ritter, who just came on the program. I am not going to pick every single game the same way you did head. I'm going Falcons minus two. Okay, that works. Is that all right with you? We should ask Des about the Rhea plan. About the what? The Rhea plan. A biohazard issue. Why would I ask Des about that? You know, two and eleven on the road. Obviously, they've been flying that thing for a while, right? I really don't care to decode your nonsense now, Head. Um, no, yeah. Sorry, I didn't get to that question, which wasn't going to be a part of it anyway. Hey, let me ask you something. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. What is check DK for me? What exactly is the over under on Iowa in each half against Michigan? So it did move um, to two and a half for the over under first half and point five for the second half over under. So it's a field goal each half basically. They're not going to get a freaking safety anyways. Are you going to play that? Yeah, man. I hit the over in the second half point five. It got to get there, right? And no, they don't have to. There's there's a reason why it's point five. Yeah, it's Brian Ferentz, the worst offensive mind in the history of maybe football. Maybe who's worse? I'm trying to think who's worse. No, no. Answer your own question because I know you have the answer. Is he really the worst ever? Man, I think so. Probably. You know what? I, I can't think of anybody finest. worse. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. You, you know terrible. why I say that? Because in the second half of a conference championship game, the over-under on points scored is .5. Point that makes you five. really bad offensively. That makes you historic ass if there ever was one. And why Why does he still have a job? Oh, yeah, his old man yeah. is the head coach. Yeah, About nepotism. That. that helps. Try spelling that word, head. Nepotism. No way. No, no chance. Dude, yeah. is there, are there any props that you like? Nope, just that one. I got five games, and then Iowa yeah, over .5 in the second All half. All right, point. you and I came off the rails, as we mm-hmm. generally do. Mm-hmm. What are your five picks? Bucks minus 5 v. Panthers. Rams minus 3.5 v. Browns. 49ers minus 3 at Philly. Texans minus 3 at home v. Broncos. And Jets plus 2 home dog v. Falcons. Let's get right. Let's get paid. Head, have an amazing weekend. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thank you. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. Oh man, what a weekend. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. I am Jim Rome. Hope you had a tremendous weekend. I know for some of you it was, for some of you it was not. Let me start with the NFL. If you're getting ready for work this morning, then you're probably not Frank Reich. Anyway, like I said, it brings me no pleasure, but I know what you'll do, clones. The same thing you always do. That. Hindsight's always 2020, you know, so... You can't blame hindsight when you get it wrong every single time. Don't be armchair quarterbacking us. You know who wants to hear that right about now? Nobody. Um, I can't remember. You can't remember. You know what I can't remember? I can't remember when the hood man was feared. I don't remember mm, any of that. Sometimes during a week. We're talking to Mike Jones for a few more moments. It does feel like the Titanic. It's just going under, and it doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. If you get rid of him, there's nobody on that staff that's going to magically fix their talent deficiencies. I mean, look at it. That's what it is. Michigan University, we love you. 
That was an awfully big win over Ohio University, wasn't it? Michigan University! I know what that game represents. Every day, it's right there on the wall. Beat Miami of Ohio. Andy Staples is joining us. As the Ohio State coach, you are judged by, one, national championships, and two, do you beat Michigan? Him losing to not Jim Harbaugh is so much worse than losing to Jim Harbaugh. Left in Indy. Man, smack, it's left. How you doing, buddy? Ah. We're talking about George Kittle. Jim, thanks for the intro, man. You're just so good at those. I appreciate you. <laughs> Dude. You know, I told you I'd run off of love, joy, happiness. I'm going to do everything in my power. If I can't cancel this trip, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep my unit from turning into a damn bomb pop. We use a willy warmer. Google and search it. Sell the house, get you a condo down in cartel country, and pray to God you don't get kidnapped. A loss so horrific that Austin Reeves described it like this. Yes. <laughs> they beat the sh**. They beat the sh**. Out of us. Jesus Chris Christ. Alt is your granddad? And I found out about it on Twitter? The hell is that? Let me guess. Let me guess. For Christmas, you and the fam are driving to Uncle Lou Holtz's house to open presents. Like, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Okay, I'll tell you where he is. With Jack's family. Pack a drum in. I didn't give a damn about this lame in-season tournament either. Until I saw how much the players hated it. Now I want more. Way to go ears. People will read your positive Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever I want mean, to see dude, him again. She's second date. bam, bam, bam. Wow. What did you do or say that night? I go three and four days without bathing or showering or soaking. We crushed her and had your back. I gotta say, dude, I'm kind of on her side. A naked man going into the canal of It's a Small World. There's a nut job in the water. There's a nut, nut job. <laughs> Do you still hate everything in life except the Shanahan family and Rex Lee dunking on me? Um, is that a question? Is that a question? <laughs> Maybe not a good yeah. question, eh, Head? I, I think Maybe not a good covered, question, eh, Head? You know what this sound means. Hey, how's it going? Good, dude. Uh, all right, so here's my beef. I'll lay it out for you here. So you're ah. jackasses on the freeway who will not let me merge. Women who end their sentences with A. You want to check out of this world with the old black lungs? Be my guest. But pick up your freaking trash, you bum. Is that a chimichanga? Is that a, a whoa? Is that a golden corn dog? That thing's harder to get off than JPP and Evie Wonder against a bra strap. Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, would love to bring back John Gruden as his head coach. Other than than those two guys. Is there anybody in the world that wants to see that happen? But I hope I can sell lots of tickets because as a PSL holder at Allegiant, that's all I'm in it for. This ship needs to be steady. No, 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 no. He said ship. I got your back, CJ. You know, I have the pen, I have the paper, and I'm the one writing. Big Mike McCarthy did me by 35 points. Christ, I used to own guys like that. Then I got that other bum, Rex Ryan, making fun of me on TV every day. Then I got old. How are you walking around with chopsticks in your head for five months? You gotta get one of those things. What do they call those things? Like those, uh, neti pot. Desmond Ritter. All the guys want success. All the guys want to go to the Super Bowl, want to go to the playoffs, and we'll do whatever it takes. Everyone's going to be successful at the end of the day. Benny Hill music playing in the background. <laughs> That's a high. Mm, you know? <laughs> Painted out to be kind of a, a D-bag. Jim, always a pleasure, man. Until next time. Yeah, <laughs> Admire you on so many fronts and can't wait to do it again, brother. Trackhawk, maybe? I'm sick and tired of everybody saying thank you so much. Get out of here, you nut job. You don't always have to be negative. We're going to take the rest of the night off. Good night!